Welcome to Premier Health Now On Air, where today we have timely health tips you'll want to know for the fall. And they're straight from the source. We're glad you're along. I'm your moderator, Leslie Lane, and with me today are Dr. Melinda Ruff, a primary care doctor with Centerville Family Medicine. Welcome. Hi. Great to be here. And Meredith Jones, a premier health clinical dietitian who knows all about good eats and good eating. Thanks for joining us. Hi. Thanks for having me. Well, so let's dive in. As the days get shorter, our thoughts turn to carbohydrates and holidays, at least mine do. It's like somebody flips a switch to cravings for pasta and desserts. Meredith, can you help us satisfy those cravings with lighter options that still taste good? Yes, yes. We have um, uh, a number of recipes that we can kind of talk about and different substitutions that we can make. And as far as cravings, you know, something I always tell clients and patients, you know, if you have small cravings, or, or big cravings, um, sometimes the best thing is just to, to go ahead and indulge a little bit, but practice moderation, because the longer you put off that craving, sometimes it can lead to a much bigger problem in the long run. Also, in satisfying your craving, you can make some healthier alternatives. Do you have some ideas for how we can make some of those really dangerous recipes a little healthier? Yes, yes, and in the spirit of fall, um, we have some pumpkin-type recipes you can definitely search for lower-carb pumpkin-type recipes. I've seen lower-carb pumpkin cheesecake mousse before where it's just the actual pumpkin middle um, of like a pie without the crust, and that can eliminate some of the sugar and the carbs. There are also good recipes out there if you need to follow specific dietary restrictions, like if you're gluten-free or if you're dairy-free. Um, some of the recipes replace uh, gluten ingredients like flour with some grain-free options. And um, if you need to go dairy-free, you can always substitute um, some of the milk or, or yogurt in a recipe with things like soy milk, almond milk, coconut milk. Those are always um, other options to help replace that. That's for specific allergies or intolerances. And in a lot of recipes, too, you might find that uh, replacing a lot of sugar with healthier ingredients like applesauce. So a lot of times you can replace sugar and applesauce equally. Also, bananas could also be a substitution. You'll find that um, a lot of recipes can replace the amount of sugar with a, with a very ripe banana. And it doesn't necessarily cut all the calories, but at least you're not getting all of that extra added sugar. And you're getting a little more bang for your buck because the the applesauce and the bananas have more vitamins and minerals for you and a little more fiber. Well, since you mentioned the substitutions and bang for your buck, where are the dangers? Is it the carbs or the sugars or the fats or all of the above, none of the above? I would say it's a combination of the sugar and the fats. A lot of desserts are very high in saturated fat, which we know is not the best for heart health. And then the extra sugar too is, is not good. Those are empty calories. They don't contribute to any healthy part of your diet. They don't have, they're not nutrient dense. They don't have any vitamins or minerals. That's why typically desserts that are high in sugar and fat aren't the best for you. So if you can find a recipe that will limit the extra sugar, the extra um, unhealthy fats, um, then that's good. And the unhealthy fats are like your, your butter. You find that in your whole milk. And even uh, coconut milk in in excess actually has a lot of saturated fat. Um, Coconut milk can be a good substitution for people who need to avoid dairy, but what some people don't realize is coconuts are actually really high in saturated fat, so we got to be careful with that as far as heart health. So just something to be aware of, um, knowing what you're eating, your fats, where they're coming from. Um, Healthier fats are going to be your oils, 
So actually vegetable oils, canola oil, olive oil is healthier. Uh, So that's actually kind of a healthier substitution. Still a lot of calories. But again, you can always replace some of the fat too in recipes with the applesauce and banana uh, substitutions that I mentioned to make it healthier. Sounds good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I wonder if one of the signals for the holiday eating season isn't Halloween. I mean, I have vivid memories of dumping the bag of candy on the dining room table to sort through my swag. So, but today, Halloween's a little bit different with a lot of emphasis on health and safety. So, Dr. Ruff, you probably see some of the results when people forget that. What are some of the watchouts you really want parents and trick-or-treaters to know? Well, I think safety is really the big factor. Um, so hopefully, ideally, we are trick-or-treating with an adult, with a parent, uh, so that we have somebody watching out for things because kids are just crazy about candy. So they just want to run house to house uh, and not necessarily watching for what's coming down the street. So um, wearing bright reflective clothing or putting some sort of reflective tape on your Halloween bag, um, but certainly watching as far as trying to stay maybe on the same side of the street before you switch to the other side, not trying to go back and forth. Certainly watching out for your candies as well. Uh, I guess we always had a rule in my family where mom had to check all of our candy before we could eat any of it. So that's not to say you can't eat any while you are trick-or-treating. Just have your parent uh, check that before you're eating it. And most of the time, if you're uh, trick-or-treating in a neighborhood that you don't know the people, I wouldn't generally accept or, or eat things that are homemade. Not to say that people don't make wonderful things, but sometimes we just have to be a little bit more careful. Tagging on to the health, uh, there's a lot more folks that are trying to have healthier treats. Uh, so sometimes we have those prepackaged little apple slices. Uh, I know the kids are like, oh, man. But <laughs> there are some, <laughs> some good things out there, too. Um, certainly trying to have safe costumes, too. So not having pointy parts. And so if you need to have a sword because you're a pirate, arg, we want to make sure we have a foam sword uh, or other things. And making sure our masks fit well so you can see through the eye holes. Making sure that if you're getting overheated in your mask, please take it off. Take some breaths. Don't get in there and just have a giant sweat fest. So those sorts of things to kind of keep you safe when we are trick-or-treating. Is there anything about makeup or um, I think I've seen like colored contact lenses. So those are some other safety factors. So certainly with the makeups, people can actually get what's called a contact dermatitis or basically a rash because you're sensitive to the makeup. So ideally you want to try a little bit of that makeup before you're covering your entire face uh, with that blue something to be a Smurf this year. So just a, a small area on the face so you can check that you don't have a sensitivity. As far as the colored contacts, they do make those, but you have to be really, really careful. I mean, I probably wouldn't do uh, colored contacts for little kids. Um, if you're an adult, please be careful washing hands and, and uh, just being very careful with those contacts. Obviously, do not share those among people. Uh, they would just be kind of a one-time thing. A big challenge, I think, uh, at least as I remember for trick-or-treaters, is having the right costume for the weather because it could still be summer. Or, <laughs> it's Ohio. It can be anything. Or it could be winter. So <laughs> autumn means it's just about time to turn on the furnace. And sadly, it's not uncommon this time of year to hear, to hear reports of carbon monoxide poisoning as people try to heat their homes. So... What's going on there, Dr. Ruff? So that is something. So I, I would recommend everyone actually get an inspection of their heating system regularly. Thank you, people who inspect heating systems. Um, but anyway, so getting that inspected so you don't have any leaks or things. So having a carbon monoxide detector is a really important thing to have in your home. Um, you may want to have it outside your bedrooms. Interestingly, at our house, we have it 
we have one right outside where we have our furnace, and then we have another one near the bedrooms. So that is, as the carbon monoxide would be coming out, we know ahead of time before it ever gets to the bedrooms. Carbon monoxide is very, very dangerous. It is odorless. It is invisible. It, most of the time, nobody has any idea that there is a problem uh, until it's too late. So you can end up feeling uh, headaches, feeling tired, feeling nauseous from carbon monoxide poisoning. So the carbon monoxide actually attaches to the hemoglobin or the oxygen-carrying part of the blood, and it has a higher affinity for the hemoglobin than oxygen does, so it displaces the oxygen. So basically you end up having low oxygen in the blood, so you're not getting oxygen to the brain. Obviously very bad for you. Um, So that is important to know that you have the carbon monoxide problem, and if you do have that in your alarm goes off, your carbon monoxide alarm, you need to get out of the house and get servicing for your heating system immediately. What are the the sources of carbon monoxide? So if I have... Honestly, burning most any fuel. So propane homes can have the problem, natural gas, uh, fireplaces, any of those. So any of the heating of fuels can create carbon monoxide. And how likely is it that somebody dies from the exposure, like how much carbon monoxide? I think monoxide there's uh, just under 500 people per year is, is estimated uh, in this country that are dying from carbon monoxide poisoning, and those could be entirely preventable. And if if you you know you just are seriously incapacitated by it, but you you know you don't, it's not fatal. What is there long term damage? So over time, it uh, binds with a higher affinity, but over time, if you are then in a higher oxygen setting. Uh, it will replace that. It will displace over time, but that, that takes a while. So you, you have to get out of the area with the carbon monoxide. Um, and certainly if you are uh, to the point where you're having symptoms and you end up getting tested and you have high uh, amounts, then uh, they can hospitalize you um, and give you high doses of oxygen to kind of displace that carbon monoxide. And again, the symptoms, the clue. Uh, so headache, fatigue, nausea, just kind of uh, feeling feeling off, certainly. Uh, now, granted, I don't want anyone uh, getting concerned that their, their flu or their cold or something is carbon monoxide poisoning. That's why we want to have that carbon monoxide detector, because they are very nonspecific symptoms. Yeah, that's exactly what I was mm-hmm. going to say, is it right. sounds like flu. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> and, and fall is also the season when we um, are watching out for flu. So what's new this year for flu? Well, what is not new is please get your flu okay. shot. So we should definitely always get that. Um, so the flu shot is recommended for anyone six months of age and older. The first year you get a flu shot as long as you are under 12 years old. So that six-month-old, you actually get two flu shots in the same season. Um, so you would get a first shot, and four weeks later you get a second one. After you've had the two flu shots in one season, you don't need to do that again. But you should get a flu shot each and every year. What is new this year is the flu mist is gone. So the Centers for Disease Control did find that it did not uh, protect as well as the flu shot does. So it is flu shot only. There is no flu mist. I'm sorry, kids out there. But it works very well most of the time. Now, I'm sure everyone heard that last year we had some issues with some of our flu strains. It is not a perfect science. Um, So what the CDC tries to do, they try to go near uh, the Asian areas, and they try and figure out what flu is there and then bring that to create our flu vaccine so that hopefully we are covering for the flu strains that may be coming to us. Um, There are several flu vaccines this year. a trivalent, which has three different flu viruses in it, and a quadrivalent that has four different ones. 
There are there's a regular dose for kids and, and adults. There is a high dose for folks 65 and older. Um, but honestly, the, the big news is vaccinate. So everyone, please get your flu vaccine. So what about supplements? Can I help myself if I take something? <laughs> if you do it ahead of time, then yes. But by the time you actually have the flu, Uh, Not necessarily. Um, So taking some vitamin C, if you take it all of the time, has been shown in some studies to decrease your risk. But taking vitamin C once you get exposed does not help. I don't know if you want to jump in here. Yes, I can jump in and and, and agree that that is correct. Um, You know, once uh, you do do get sick, usually any additional vitamin C um, doesn't really help you. And and vitamin C is a water-soluble vitamin. So it's one of those things that once your body's reached its max and and what it needs, you're just going to get rid of the rest. So heavy mega doses of vitamin C doesn't necessarily help. Um, But also making sure that you're eating a healthy diet and getting all your other vitamins and minerals in that you need. Making sure you're getting adequate amounts of zinc um, into helps your immune system. And some good examples as far as food as to what to eat with those. Eat a rainbow of color. Um, The more colorful vegetables you get in, the more vitamin C. But specifically, like your citrus fruits, your oranges, your lemons. Also, uh, broccoli and spinach is very high in vitamin C. Um, For zinc, zinc um, you can get from fruits and vegetables, but also you can get from some meat sources. Uh, Beef and chicken are actually high in zinc, so you can do that. And then some of the more higher vegetable sources are going to be your spinach, your broccoli, kind of your dark leafy greens. So just keeping those in your diet regularly, even before you get sick, is a good idea as a, as a preventative uh, means. So I'm going to ask each of you, because, because who has escaped the flu? What's your favorite comfort remedy when you get the flu? Oddly enough, there actually was a study that shows that chicken noodle soup will help decrease <laughs> the length of your symptoms. Mm-hmm. So that, uh, that's your... We're marking you as a favorite for chicken soup. Interestingly, I don't like chicken soup. But if I get it, if I get the flu, sure, I'll do it. But actually, my favorite thing is preventing the flu with hand washing and flu vaccines. All about it. Go hand washing. Yes, yes, I agree. Well, and and I, my favorite uh, would probably be some hot tea and honey, Um, especially if, uh, you know, you've got a little bit of sore throat along with that or just to help kind of clear your head. Um, I like some green tea and honey because okay. the antioxidants in that's good too. And I don't want to let us go without the hand washing. So one one thing to remember about hand washing is I can't stop it as one thing because honestly, so it's running water, <laughs> it's soap, and it's friction. So those are kind of the the big issues. Uh, so you want to have running water, put your soap on, and friction, and try and get all of the surfaces of your hands, and then rinse that off, uh, and use a throwaway paper towel to dry and turn off the faucet with that same paper towel. And how many times do I have to sing the alphabet song? Uh, Twice. (laughs) So happy birthday twice or the alphabet song, yes. So it should be a significant amount of time there washing the hands. So I'm feeling ready for a healthy fall. Thank you, Dr. Melinda Ruff, Centerville Family Medicine, and Meredith Jones, Premier Health Clinical Dietitian. If you want to know more, check out premierhealth.com slash healthnow. Thanks for joining us and watch for our next edition of Premier Health Now on air.